0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, October 21st. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. President Trump lashed out at 60 Minutes host Leslie Stahl and threatened to release their interview after he cut off their conversation at the White House on Tuesday because he did not like the aggressive tone of her questions. The president posted a short clip of a maskless Stall speaking to two mask-wearing men and wrote that she wasn't wearing a mask in the White House after the interview. A little more than an hour later, Trump threatened to post the audio of their entire interview before the news program is scheduled to air it Sunday night on CBS. Trump and Vice President Pence were meant to do the signature walk-and-talk portion of the 60 Minutes interview together, but after cutting off his sit-down with Stahl, the president did not return for that segment. CBS says the footage of Stahl without a mask that Trump tweeted was taken immediately following the interview with her CBS producers, all of whom had been tested. Now, according to people with knowledge of what happened during the interview, Trump was unhappy that Stahl asked him tough questions regarding his rhetoric about Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, as well as the sizes of the crowds at his rallies and his disputes with Tony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert. Stahl also told Trump during the interview that allegations about Joe Biden's son Hunter were not verified and that Barack Obama did not spy on the Trump campaign in 2016. Most of her questions were about the coronavirus and his handling of it. Three of Trump's aides, who weren't authorized to speak publicly, told my colleagues Josh Dossi, Colby Itkowitz and Jeremy Barr that the president overreacted and one suggested that he's going to end up boosting the ratings of a tough interview, a senior White House official says Trump told aides he wanted to go after Stahl and held a meeting to brainstorm ideas after the session with a group of aides in the Oval Office. This episode gets at just how differently Trump and Joe Biden are preparing for their final debate on Thursday night in Nashville. In a phone interview broadcast on Fox and Friends, Trump lashed out at the moderator, NBC's Kristen Welker, as partisan, and he sought to portray the topics that will be covered during the debate as unfair. They're going to talk about the coronavirus, the economy, race, climate change, and leadership, as well as national security. Trump complained that the Commission on Presidential Debates decided unanimously to mute each candidate's microphone during the opening two minutes of his opponent's remarks. And they're going to do this at the start of all six topics. While some Trump advisors were annoyed about the change, they're keeping their protests to a minimum because they believe that it could actually end up helping the president, who interrupted Biden so often in the first debate that it ended up hurting him. Biden knows that this is the last real opportunity for Trump to change the direction of the race. So he's keeping an unusually light public schedule to focus on preparing and making his answers as crisp as possible. In the past four days, Biden has traveled outside his home of Delaware only once. He went to North Carolina on Sunday. His surrogates have kept a robust travel schedule. Kamala Harris was in Florida on Monday and Barack Obama is scheduled to hold his first public event for Biden of the year in Philadelphia later today. Trump has not undertaken the same kind of formal preparation as he did before the first debate. The president wants and plans to bring up Hunter Biden during the showdown on Thursday in Nashville, though some of his advisors would prefer that he focus on the economy. Biden's advisors, for their part, see little to be gained by engaging publicly in the details of Hunter Biden's alleged emails and texts beyond what they've already said. But ignoring the matter altogether is not an option either, especially if Trump focuses on it, leaving some uncertainty about how Biden will address it. In related news, the FBI notified Congress late last night that it is, quote, nothing to add at this time. To a statement made by Trump's director of national intelligence, disputing the idea that Russia orchestrated the discovery of a computer that may have belonged to Hunter Biden, the FBI sent a letter to Ron Johnson, the Republican senator from Wisconsin, a Trump ally and chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, in response to his demand for more information about the computer, following a series of reports by The New York Post, which we have not been able to independently confirm. Appearing earlier this week on Fox Business, Ratcliffe said there's no intelligence that supports the idea that the Hunter Biden laptop was part of a Russian disinformation campaign. The FBI is in a tough spot here, and the letter explains that they're very mindful of the severe backlash they faced in 2016 for handling the Hillary Clinton email investigation, and they want to avoid the kind of criticism that was heaped upon it by the Justice Department's inspector general, among others, for the FBI's decision to notify Congress less than two weeks before the election that it had reopened its investigation. And going into this home stretch, Biden's campaign has three times as much cash on hand as Trump's does. Biden's campaign committee entered October with just over $180 million bucks, compared with Trump's $63 million, according to federal filings made public overnight. It's a dramatic reversal in financial resources from a few months ago. And the latest data show that at least 31.4 million people nationwide have already voted in the general election, with at least 15.8 million of those in battleground states. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts.